Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the show Self-Expressions, and I am your host, Brother Robert Pop-Pop Hudson, and uh, I'd like to welcome you for tonight's episode of uh, Purpose Kingdom Network. Uh, for for those that's uh, joining me tonight, um, I'm also simulcasting on Facebook Live. Okay, so uh, we basically broadcast on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. You can uh, go to that website and you can listen to this, sh- this show here on Purpose Kingdom Network titled Self-Expressions. You can also uh, call in at 319-527-6091. And uh, anytime we do a live show, you can just press the number one and uh, you can get in there. And so once again, welcome everybody. So uh, real quickly, um, I just want to say a, a short prayer. Um, and, you know, uh, there, there are so many things that ills us now in this world. I just want to pray that we uh, just remember those that have fallen by the wayside and those that uh, need have a need of a helping hand, uh, a need of care. And I uh, just want to quickly uh, say this prayer. Father God, we just thank you for giving us the joy and just the uh, pleasure of being here among our family and friends as we have uh, just a couple of days ago have given Thanksgiving for, for those that are here with us and those that are not. Father God, we hope that you bless and cover us in your name. Amen. Okay, so uh, it's been a while, um, so we're going to get started pretty quickly. All right, so tonight's show is titled uh, Divine Timing. Uh, God has an impeccable uh, way of just interjecting, you know, his will at the right time. Even, at you know, on a break of destruction, of despair, you know, God comes through, and God's timing is just uh, impeccable. It's always at this, you know, like they say, you know, God is on time all the time, and yes, he is. So we're going to be going over, um, we're going to go through the book of Esther, um, mainly through uh, chapters 7 and 8. And, um, yes, uh, we will hear again, as always, you know, the word of God, that, you know, he does some uh, some pretty amazing things. And the timing, like I said, God's timing is impeccable. And um, the, one, one more thing that I just want to, uh, you know, uh, explain before we just go on about the book of Esther. And the book of Esther is, is um, you know, it, it's a unique book because, the um, you know, the book of Esther is the only book that, you know, God's name is, is not mentioned at all. But you can tell that God's hand is pretty much all over this book, where he just brings out um, a, a multitude of miracles and timing. You know, if you ever said, you know, how am I going to ever get this done? Well, in the, in, right there in the book of Esther, um, the timing is, is just perfect. Okay? And um, I'm just going to go ahead and... Uh, just uh, do a quick editorial before we get into the, into the book of Esther. Um, also, uh, before we get into the book of Esther, I want you uh, to also, uh, even though we're going to primarily co- uh, cover 7 and 8, um, 
the book of Esther, uh, this, this particular book of Esther, uh, everything kicks off the three. So I'm um, just going to keep in mind. So if you want to start reading chapter three, while I'll do this a uh, quick editorial of uh, the state of things. Now, um, the state of the things that's going on in the world, uh, really much uh, I don't care about. But there's, a, there's things, and uh, since we're talking about timing, there's things that we could do uh, to make things better around us. Um, and so I want to speak about, you know, and I want you to take a look at your community. Uh, and so why, do I, why am I talking about uh, communities? Because I think some people don't know what a community uh, consists of. Basically, a uh, community consists of, you know, five essential things, you know, that keeps it running and sustaining itself. Uh, one of those things is banks, schools, hospitals, supermarkets, and either your local or state uh, representative office. Uh, they all should be in prominent display in your neighborhood. Uh, if you don't have that, you basically don't have the basic functions of a community. And hence, uh, this is where the importance of voting not only on a presidency, but on a small-time level, where we have these effective forms in our neighborhood. All right? And um, I, I just also want to just, you know, say this and, you know, uh, no disrespect to anybody, but it seems like uh, us as a nation, uh, we have the attention span of a hamster, you know, running on a wheel on crack or, or not paying attention because we just got finished uh, and we're not even through this epidemic of uh, the COVID-19. But, uh, you know, and now it seems like if you get COVID-19, you know, they want to tell you, uh, take a temperature, and you can come back to work the next day. And, and you know, it's, it's just so weird to me how this whole thing with this epidemic is going down. First, if you had, you know, COVID, you know, you would have to sit out, you know, uh, 12 or, or 10 days. Now it's uh, just give us two uh, negative tests and you can come right back to work. And it's kind of weird how the situation is. And we're not – uh, paying attention because now uh, our focus has changed where where we see that the government can act and the government can take care of it. But now as we start seeing homeless people and people that, that's in need of housing and simple basic medical needs are not being met here in this country. And now we are focusing on the war in Ukraine and then we're focusing again on a woman's right to have an abortion, which, you know, none of these things should be prominent more than people in, in need. So now they're asking us to take our focus off of what we were doing, attention to what is going on, half, you know, half, you know, halfway, uh, half, half the world away from us and saying we should take, uh, we should give money to Ukraine to help them fund the war, you know, and the thing is, is that what they're asking us to do is like, uh, my family is hungry and they're asking me to make a sandwich for the family across the street. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so now we're going to, I'm just going to go ahead and focus. The, 
the book of Esther, uh, mainly uh, chapter 7 and 8. So um, as I was saying before about how, you know, uh, God functions and how he configures things and he puts a stamp on it. And it's like how things amazingly come through. You know that he had his, uh, it was it was him that did it. All right? And so um, we have to understand that in life, uh, we're going to have roadblocks. We're going to have people blocking and preventing us from doing things. And uh, if you're a football fan, um, I can pretty much give you a, a a, a analogy of what, what you know what goes on. So what goes on is that with football, and uh, man, I, I I love my Eagles, and they're they're doing pretty well. But just like a team is on fire, that's hot, that's like really, um, is really doing well. Teams are going to try to find a, a way how to defeat them. And so what they do is they develop a game plan. They're going to break certain things down. They're going to break their offense down, their, their, you know, their offense, what they're good at, uh, their defense, where is their weakness, the special teams, is there something we can exploit while we're playing the game? That's how uh, certain demons do, you know. Certain demons are like uh, the opposite of, you know, uh, the opposition on the football field. And what they do is, you know, basically when you have the opposition on the football field, you're going to get an assignment. Well, so that demon is, is is going to be assigned to you. So, yes, you know, when you do well in life and, you know, uh, there's going to be big distractions and they're going to, there's going to be like, a, a you know, like in football, they're going to have a, somebody on you, a demon. The demon's going to be on you. He's going to try to find your weaknesses. He's going to try to find what you like, what you don't like. And he's going to do all he can do is disrupt your your harmony and your relationship with God. So um, as we go into the book of Esther, uh, we're just going to go, and I'm just going to real quickly just bring you up to speed of what's going on. So uh, so basically Esther is married to the king, and she has a cousin named Mordecai. And uh, Mordecai has been, you know, good to the kingdom. He even saved the king's life, uh, and he's done other things. The only problem is that Mordecai is a Jew, but so is Esther. So uh, one day, Haman was just parading up and down uh, the city streets, and he went by Mordecai. and. Basically, the statue of what Haman held was that when he comes through, you bow as if he's the king. Well, Mordecai refused. And, you know, when Haman, you know, reached the king and says, hey, this guy Mordecai is a problem. And he says, and, you know, he went even further. He said, hey, you know, Mordecai and his people are a problem. And he said, hey, you know, there's a law that, uh, hey, uh, we can do what we want with them. And he said, this guy, uh, I, want, I want to kill him. And this is where the timing of God comes in. 
because he says, okay, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll kill him in a year. So what Haman decided to do was Haman said, hey, you know what? This is a dead man walking. So I'm going to build a gallow right by his house. And so as uh, Haman's all full of himself and he's doing that, you know, and, you know, Mordecai is, is, is frightened. Yes, he's frightened. Uh, not only, uh, you know, and he, and, he, and he stuck to his guns, he, you know, but he, still he's frightened. And as he's frightened, you know, he's, he doesn't know what to do. So we're going to go into um, Esther chapter 3, and we're going to read a little bit. Okay, and so um, after these things, um, you know, that the king has set forth, and uh, he, he called upon Haman. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and in reverence. Haman, for the king, had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai did not bow, nor did him in reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king, uh, the king's commandment? Now it came to, came to pass when they spoke daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they hold Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. So uh, not only, you know, uh, that that uh, Haman, I mean, uh, Mordecai, you know, uh, said, look, I, I refuse to bow. And they even, you know, gave him some time and said, hey, uh, are you sure you, you want to do this? And he says, yes. And he says, and not only that, I, I'm, I'm a Jew. You know, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it if you want to bring up faults that, you know, you find in me. And he's just like, hey, look, yes, I, I'm a Jew. And so uh, we're going to read, read some more. And I'm going to take up in, on chapter uh, 3, or verses 5. And when Haman uh, saw that Mordecai bowed not, uh, nor did, did he he care to the bow or reconsider, you know what he was doing. Uh, that's when um, Haman went forth to the king. And uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, lot lot that's going on here, but it's not really describing the relationship uh, that you know Haman. Is forming, and so let me just uh, backtrack, and we just go a little background on Haman. So Haman is, you know, basically uh, go between between Rome and uh, the king. So uh, basically, the king he wants to know what's going on in Rome. He wants to know if uh, you know are we going to be conquered or you know, what to expect from Rome. So what Haman has been doing is Haman was basically, like, say, basic, uh, Haman is representing you. So Haman would go to, instead of going to, like, say, your, your, your city, and you had a representative that goes to Washington, D.C. So what Haman was doing was Haman would go to basically Atlantic City instead of going to Washington, D.C. He'll stay there for a while, and then he'd come back and he would, make his so-called report of what's going on with the Roman Empire. So Haman in, injected himself as he, if he was of importance 
But basically what he was doing was he was just bringing back hearsay of what other people thought was going on with the Roman Empire. So basically he was just there to reassure his king, oh, you're fine. Uh, Don't worry about it. Uh, He says, "Uh, do I have to pay taxes or or tribute? Oh, no, don't worry about it. No, you're fine. He says, you know, I I got a great relationship with the the governors uh, of the Roman Empire. So um, with that news, you know, the king was very lax. His rulership and he uh, thought that he had a uh, representation of his kingdom uh, going forth to Rome, uh, which it wasn't. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, another story that we'll go through uh, later on. But uh, <clears throat> right now at the moment, as we're um, going through Chapter 3, so uh, I'm going to stop right there. And we, I'm just going to jump right to um, verse 9 in Chapter 3. And so it says, if it pleases the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And he's talking about the Jews. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it unto Haman. Um, And so basically with the ring, the king's ring, is that it's basically the king's hand. So whatever he does with that ring, if he presses it on a piece of uh, parchment or paper and uh, makes a seal on it, that means that that's the law that the king has decreed. Uh, And so basically uh, he he just said, hey, uh, 10,000 talents, uh, whatever that equivalent is, I guess $10,000, can, can go to those that kill the Jews, uh, basically, is, which is something that he just wanted done. And it wasn't just for the people itself. It was just his hatred for Mordecai for him not bowing. And so he knew that by Mordecai not bowing, that the other Jews uh, there would follow suit, and so they would no longer bow to Haman uh, anywhere. And so that that kind of pissed him off. So that's why he just all of a sudden decided to get the king to uh, have him uh, sign that into law where he's just going to, they have the right at any time to kill any of the Jews. And so as we we go forth, right, you know, uh, from there, and we're just going to drop down to, um, in chapter three, to, um, to verse 13, and then the letters were sent by post into all of the king's providence to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women. And one day, even upon the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month Adar, and to, to take, to spoil them for a prey. So the copy of the writing for the commandments to be given in, in, in every province was published unto all people that they should be ready against that day. The post went out being hastened by the king's commandment that the decree was giving in. And so basically what the king says is, hey, you know, uh, wow, this is kind of harsh. He said, but I'm going to give a, you know, uh, I give him a chance to either get out of the way. Uh, so basically he said in the 12th month, 
which is a, a future time from from then. And you know, anytime uh, timing is involved, you know, God is going to put his his hand all the way in it. And so, uh, where he he's going to make everything at, at the end point, it's going to be his will at the end. So it doesn't matter what you say or what you do or what kind of decree you got and who you think you are, uh, God's going to be in control at the end. So, so basically, uh, Haman is just, you know, he is just so giddy and he's just, you know, happy that, oh man, now not only, um, do I have, uh, you know, myself and my, and, you know, my hatred for the Jews, he says now the whole kingdom has got the indiscriminate right to go ahead and kill Jews. Not only, um, what women and children of all ages. Basically, Haman's hatred for Mordecai, he wanted to wipe every Jew that was in the land. And it just, you know, goes to say, and um, even though uh, in some of the chapters is not, well, in, in the book of Esther, um, I haven't found it yet, but there is a time that Mordecai actually saved the king. Well, actually, he saved his the king, and you know the king was able to save his kingdomship. And uh, what had happened was Mordecai actually intervened and helped uh, save the life of the king, where the king was able to uh, keep his kingdomship and uh, and uh, also um, get out of the assassination attempt that was on his life. And um, so now we're going to go into chapter four, and I was going to go through it real quickly. And so Mordecai uh, was depressed, and you know, rightfully so. Uh, you got uh, Haman, who just because of who you are, hates him, and now he's torturing him and tormenting him. Uh, he's building a gallow right outside his front door. You know, and, and Mordecai is just, oh, he, he is just so devastated. And he, he's, you know, depressed and he's sickened. You know, from every time he goes out his door, he sees these guys building this gallow just for him to hang. And Mordecai is, 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 is tormented. And, you know, um, he's walking down the street, he's weeping. Oh, man. You know, uh, wow. And so this timetable is already set for when all this is set to happen. And so finally, he sends words to Esther. And says, Esther, he said, uh, you know why, you, you know, you know who you are. And Esther was a, was a Jew, but she's also she also was the queen. There's no uh, no talk about uh, a Jew not being, you know, a queen or, or whatever. But uh, the king allowed Haman to put these laws in place. And uh, when he, before he married Esther, uh, he kind of knew that she was a Jew, uh, which he didn't care because you know how uh, you see a person in a certain light, and all of a sudden you're attracted to him. Well, that's what happened with the king when he saw Esther. He saw her in the garden, and he seen 
that she was beautiful, you know, and uh, she she caught his eye. And he said, hey, I have to make her my wife. And so he did. So he wanted to marry Esther. So, you know, uh, in the moment of lust, sometimes we fail to um, – we overlook things and we say, hey, uh, I don't care. I like her. And, you know, so that's what the king did, and he married. So uh, basically after, you know, making her his wife, um, Mordecai sent word to him and said, hey, you know, um, can you remind the king, like, who you are? And Esther knew that how she became queen, it was happens. You know, you know, he could have looked at another woman and, and you know, and, and said the same thing. But, you know, even though, you know, she was beautiful, uh, she knew that she had more than a purpose of just, you know, being the king's wife and being the queen. So she uh, set out to have a banquet. And uh, when she had this banquet, uh, basically uh, she was going to, you know, tell the king, hey, uh, you know, your right-hand man, Haman, you know, he, he plans on killing, you know, me and my people. Uh, and this is not right. You know, can you can you stop it? So when she had set this banquet up, um, she was all set to, you know, tell the king, hey, I, I, I you know, I need you to, to do something. I need you to intervene uh, between Haman and, and what he has set. But at the last second, you know, Esther decided not to say anything, uh, which she intended to say, uh, for some reason, she didn't tell him. She says, the uh, only thing I want to tell you right now is that I'm going to have another banquet tomorrow, and I want you to come, you know, come to the banquet again tomorrow, which uh, the king thought was weird, but he also said, okay, uh, fine. So we're going to go um, over to Esther, and we're going to uh, drop into chapter 6. And I'm going to start from the beginning. And says, so all the night uh, could not be the king. He, he couldn't sleep. And uh, so basically he had his servant open up the book of Chronicles, where it was written that Mordecai had told of uh, basically of the um, plot to overthrow him. And the keepers, that, you know, who had um, written everything down uh, reminded the king that, hey, Mordecai uh, did save your life. And so uh, basically, you know, the king said, hey, you know what? Uh, He did save my life. And, um, you know, even though I thanked him, I didn't do anything for him. You know, know, he said, you know, I really was appreciative of him, uh, you know, stepping in where, you know, he didn't have to, but he did. And, you know, he saw to it that, you know, I, you know, I survived the assassination attempt and also, you know, went on to, you know, to rule. And he said, you know, I really didn't uh, didn't do anything. So as he was talking and he was going over, you know, with the, ser- uh, the servant, you know, uh, Haman walked in, walked in. And he said to ha- Haman, he said, hey, say, hey, uh, Haman, he says, now, I've, I've got a, Ask you a question. And Haman says, hey, go ahead. 
And he says, hey, what would you do for a guy that has saved your life? Now, Hammer was, is, at this time, he's all full of himself, and he thinks that the king is talking about him. But the king, without mentioning Mordecai's name, was talking about Mordecai. And he says, hey, King, you know what I would do for this guy? And, you know, and, 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 and Haman just all of a sudden, he just got big head. He said, hey, you know what I would do? He said, I would make him second in command, and I would make a decree that uh, he would be my successor. And the king says, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. He says, I, 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 I'm going to do it. He says, you know what, Haman? Go get Mordecai, bring him here, and I will make that decree. Haman was sick to his stomach. This was the worst thing and the worst assignment that Haman could ever get. And it just happened in a blink of an eye. God works at any moment, any time. It changed things all the way around. You hear me? All the way around. So in the blink of an eye, now Haman, and it's not that he's out of favor with the king, but all of a sudden now, he thought he was going to be the number two guy in the kingdom. And now, he is not even. And on top of that, the guy he most hates is going to be number two. And so, uh, you know, and and like I said, uh, God is always going to look out for his people. And God's going to make sure that no matter how the deck is stacked against you, that evidently his will is going to come through. He's going to make sure that 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 your your survival is going to be triumphant over those that plot and plan against you. And, you know, and and that's what he did for, for Mordecai, and, and where it seems that it was no way out. They were building gallows in front of his house, tormenting. And now all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, Haman is the one that's being tortured. Haman is the one that is sickening. And on top of that, he has to bring Mordecai, and he's going to be presented, with, you know, as the number two guy in the kingdom. So we're going to go into uh, – to uh, chapter 7. So the king and, and Haman came to the banquet uh, that Esther was going to throw. This, this is the second one. And, you know, on, on, on the second day at the banquet, you know, you know, wine was being served. And so um, we're going to go to, to uh, verse 3. Then Esther, the queen, answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition, and may and my people, at my request, but we are we are sold, and my people, to to be destroyed, to be slain, to be to perish. But if we had been sold for the bondmen and the bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king answered and said unto Esther, the queen, who is he? And where is, is he that have uh, basically uh, presumed in, in his heart to do so? 
So basically the king just forgot because at the time Haman was in favor and he, you know, gave uh, his ring, which is a, a, a signet of to basically plant laws and, and stuff as, as he wanted, you know, and as, as, he, as if he was the king. And so now he realizes you know, like, oh, oh the queen, who, who, who's, who's threatening my wife? And so from there, uh, Esther told him, which is in verse 6, and Esther said, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. So now not only was he embarrassed, now he's afraid because Esther just pointed out to the king that, hey, this guy is right here. The enemy has been right in front of you the whole time. Wow. How amazing is this? And so in verse 7, and the king, rising from the banquet of wine, and, his, and you know, and basically he went into a little rage. And so, you know, he went into the, the garden, the palace garden. And so Hanan stood up, you know, to make requests for his life to Esther, the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned from out of the, you know, from out of the garden, and he came to the, you know, back to the palace banquet. And Haman, you know, was falling, you know, upon, you know, the, uh, where Esther was sitting at, and he was basically begging for his life. And so we're going to, uh, we drop down to verse 9, and um, I'm just going to paraphrase before we get to chapter 8. So basically the king seen Haman, he says, Oh, now you you know you're in my house. Uh, not only did you sign the decree to kill my wife, and he's like, now you you know you, it looks like you're trying to kill her right here in front of my face. And you think I'm going to do nothing? Haman was petrified now, and before he even got a chance to to do anything, um, they put a hood over his head and they marched him. They were marching him right out to the gallows, and um, so we're gonna. Um, go basically uh, to chapter 8, and, and it's, it's ultimately, you know, we're going to wrap up uh, what's happened um, in Esther from, you know, uh, like I said, uh, from chapter 3 to chapter 8. Before I get to chapter 8, um, I just want to say that these amazingly weird circumstances that happened to Mordecai turned so fastly on Haman that it's just incredible how fast God works and when he works. And, you know, uh, before I get back, I'm just going to say, like, in your life, and, you know, the many things that go on in your life, you know, God can work the same way. And here's the thing. He's going to do it on his time, not your time. You know, I I know uh, just talking, and I'm just saying, when I say you, I'm saying the same thing about me. There are a lot of times that we think that we have the ultimate game plan, that we have the 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 moxie in, you know, of knowing, you know, hey, I, I can do this at this time, and then, you know, the next day I'm going to do this, and then after that I'm going to do that. Slow up, you know. Um, and, and the best way I can explain it to you, is game plan with God. Ask him. Say, God, you know, you favor this? 
it, it, it doesn't hurt, you know. When, when, you, when you're in your prayers, you say, you, you can say, and let them know. Say, hey, God, I got this amazing plan. I'm not sure if it's going to work, but I just want to know if it's in your will. If it's in your will, you know, um, keep, you know, keep me going. And so Mordecai, and Esther still had the dilemma of the the, the law that was uh, laid out. So not only um, did they no longer have to worry about Haman, uh, but he put into law where, you know, they were allowed to kill the Jews indiscriminately in how they wanted and whoever, and they even included children. So uh, we go on chapter 8. <clears throat> on that day, did the, you know, the king give the house of Haman to the Jews. So basically, uh, everything that he possessed and everything he flaunted, it now belonged to Esther. And what um, Esther did, uh, she also, you know, she set up uh, Mordecai um, over to run the house uh, that Haman had. And Esther, you know, went back to the king and says, hey, uh, look, uh, there's this, that law that's still there that, that uh, you allowed Haman to make. But it's also recognized as the law of the king, and any decree made, you know, it cannot be changed. So, you know, what the king did was he said, hey, look, um, here's a ring that I gave Haman. Here, you take this ring, and you make a law that you need to help you and your people survive. So basically when he, he gave him that ring, he says, hey, you know, um, even though I was, you know, witless and, and you know, uh, not even thinking of, of what this guy could do and, you know, how he could, you know, uh, actually place so many people in danger, uh, I'm going to give you this ring so, you know, you can do what you got to do to, to survive. So uh, Esther got together with Mordecai, and they decided to say, hey, listen, <clears throat> if they are allowed to kill us, uh, we should be allowed to kill them if they come after us. And if they come after us, not only that, like they threatened our children, uh, we can in, in turn go back and kill their wife and children and so on and so forth. And so that became law. And so not only did that uh, the uh, Persians thought that they can indiscriminately kill Jews, now they were uh, under Great duress is saying now that a Jew can pursue them and a Jew can also kill them. So, uh, wow. See how things turn, uh, change. See how they turned all the way around. So now the Persians or anybody that hated the Jews no longer uh, had that fear of indiscriminately killing Jews without worrying about any, any repercussions. Now they had major repercussions. Now they were allowed to fight back. They were allowed to, you know, not only if uh, a Jew tried to kill them and they killed it, you know, I mean, a Persian tried to kill a Jew and the Jew got the upper hand and wound up killing the Persian, but they still be put to death for killing a Persian. But now uh, with that rule out of the way and saying that they can defend themselves and also kill anybody that is attacking them or their family, and not only that, uh, that they can indiscriminately kill 
the uh, opposition's family. And that became mage, and it was huge because uh, nowhere in any lands where it was decreed that it was okay to kill a Jew, that there were anything where, you know, uh, basically we had to leave that land. Uh, no one did anything of this kind of nature anywhere. Uh, but when the king did it, uh, and like I said, it, it, that ring, like that signet ring, just like he allowed Haman to make certain laws, now Esther and Mordecai were allowed to, to make the laws, and it was recognized throughout the lands. And uh, basically, uh, at that point, uh, that's where I'm going to stop in, in the book of Esther. And um, there's uh, many other things uh, that's going on, and I suggest that you take you know time out to read the entire book of Esther. And I hope I filled in a lot of things that's not uh, actually mentioned um, in the book of Esther, but uh, also through um, not only reading the Bible, but of uh, actually uh, what I, I do sometimes is I look and see where um, in history where it's written, even though it's not um, – they don't mention the Bible, but they do have uh, historical references uh, to uh, the king, Esther, Mordecai, and Haman, and uh, some of you know some history books. And from there, I'm able to uh, read between the lines of uh, what you know what was actually going on and what happened. And uh, so that's going to be. Uh, that and so I'm going to get ready to do the call of salvation and I'm going to wrap up uh, tonight's show and uh, I hope uh, you had fun uh, as we were you know going through the uh, book of Esther and we were, you know actually learned that you know God is a timely God and God uh, can at any time uh, interject His divine timing to uh, actually literally change you know things that's going on in your life. But you have to be patient and diligent and um, earnestly, you know, know, know him. All right. So um, if you uh, want to dedicate yourself to Christ and uh, you don't um, and you haven't done it or, you know, you already done it and you just need uh, that push for rededication, you know, uh, it's pretty simple. You know, you just let God know and say, hey. Uh, I'm I'm a sinner, and I just want to renounce the ways of of, uh, of my sinning life. You know, I want to change that actual lifestyle that uh, where as though I actively participate in sin, I just want to end that day right now. I just want to just be welcome into uh, to your life where uh, where you are part of my life. Where as though as I walk through life, you know, I shed that that stigma of being a sinner and uh, becoming your saint. And you can say it in any way that you want to in your own words and just say, you know, um, from now on, uh, I've turned over a new leaf. I I walk with Christ. And from there, you're saved. And the next step I suggest you do is you you just tell somebody. You tell a friend, family member, parent, cousin, and just let them know that uh, I've turned my life over to Christ. And from here on out, you know, uh, I'm 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 living I'm living my Christian life, and um, 
The next thing I suggest you do is you find a Bible-believing, teaching, uh, preaching sanctuary that will nurture you in the word of Christ. And if you can't find that sanctuary, um, Purpose Kingdom here is uh, almost every night that we're able to broadcast here uh, with our many ministries and uh, many uh, pastors, reverends, and, uh, you know, here where we can, um, you know, nurture in that word. Uh, like I said, we have many different ministries. Uh, you're welcome to just try them out. And um, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead to the announcements. Um, and uh, in case you didn't know, this is a product of Purpose Keynote Network. And uh, I'd like to, you know, thank everybody that participated in tonight's show, whether you're listening to us online or you're listening listen to us via phone. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. And we also greatly appreciate uh, when you let your friends and family members know that uh, we're on the air. Okay, and um, we are broadcasting on www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Purpose Kingdom. Anytime we do a live show, you can call in at 319-527-6091. And if you want to talk to any of our hosts, uh, just press the number one, and uh, we'll get you in where you can uh, talk to uh, our host. Okay, and um, we are on Facebook at Purpose Kingdom at Facebook. And uh, there you can um, share our upcoming shows and advertisements. Uh, also, we do have a radio show. It's called pknradio.com. Uh, go ahead and listen to it. We have 24 hours of music of inspiration. Uh, please feel free to uh, enjoy that. Uh, also, um, if you want to correspond with us, correspond with us at purposekingdomnet at gmail.com. You can see your comments, questions, concerns. You can simply say hello. To the prayer request, we gladly honor that. Okay, and um, we have an upcoming um, revival. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, We will post and uh, let you know uh, what's going on, uh, when, where, and uh, who's going to be on. All right, and uh, at the 9 p.m. hour tomorrow, we will be broadcasting with God's will and God's blessing. At the 9 p.m. hour, we're going to have the show Study for Life. And that's going to be uh, Pastor Toy Daly, uh, our very own CEO here at Purpose Keyup Network. Uh, so uh, have uh, you know, feel free to tell friends and family members that we're going to be broadcasting uh, tomorrow evening at the 9 p.m. hour. Uh, so uh, check us out. All right, so uh, that's going to be the uh, end of my announcements, and I'm going to wrap up uh, tonight's show. Uh, tonight's show, is, you know, it's been fun for me. Uh, it's been a while since, you know, since we, uh, got a chance to share the airways, but, um, hey, uh, it's fine. Uh, so, you know, uh, now a lot of things, you know, uh, go on in life, uh, like, uh, some of the, the things that we do that we wish that we could have back. Uh, what you have to do is you have to just, uh, take life. As it is, there's going. To, there's always life lessons and a lot of things that you do, uh, you know. And so, like you say, you know, take the good with the bad, and uh, just use it as a learning experience. Whereas though, uh, don't you know, there's negative things that's going to happen, but just don't hold it close to the vest. Whereas though, you just forget that there was something positive that came with this negative, you know. With every day, every day can't be sunny without rainy days. There's going to be rainy days, 
But just don't forget that, you know, just because it's a rainy day now that it won't be a sunny day tomorrow. You know, you you just can't fall into where we fall, you know, we fall too far on the edge of despair. It's, you know, it this is our, you know, our life and we, we have to live it. Nobody's getting out of life alive. You know, with that being said, there's, you know, there's going to be lessons in between, you know, uh, while we live in life. All right. And, uh, one of the things I wish I can take back is, uh, you know, going to Denny's for, for breakfast. You know, uh, only thing I can say is that, um, you know, their their Grand Slam breakfast is the reason why they call it their Grand Slam breakfast. And um, most likely you'll be leaving that Grand Slam breakfast um, in that bathroom before you leave here. But uh, I guess, uh, you know, the, the food was good. But uh, hey, it is what it is. Uh, listen, um, it's as always been fun uh, broadcasting here, uh, and also sh- you know sharing some of the things that I learned. So uh, hey, uh, just don't forget that uh, you know make sure you take the time out to, to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, then it's impossible to love anybody else. Uh, and you know, hey, don't forget. You know, we're we're in this world together. You know, make sure that you know we're we're sharing it. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I'll, I'll see you next time. All right, uh, everybody, uh, I'm out. Peace. Jesus led. He raised me. I will not lose. He saved me. I will not lose. I will not lose. Never wanna see me down. I will not lose. He saved me. 